The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball. It wasn't a foul, absolutely not. But no, I'm glad to see the goalkeeper is getting the benefit of the doubt. It's you always get the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off The Ball. Delighted to uh, reflect on the game more now from last night. The uh, French 3-0 win over the Republic of Ireland at Tallis Stadium with the Manchester United Irish star Aoife Mannion. Good morning Aoife, how are things? Hi Shane, hi Ashlyn, lovely to be on, thanks for having me on. Thanks. Hi Aoife, how are you? Thanks for coming on, thanks for coming on. How, how does it feel watching the watching the match last night? Is it is it is it bittersweet? Is it exciting? What are the what are the overriding emotions when you're when you're sitting down to watch the game? I always say it's more nerve wracking watching the games than actually playing in them. <laughs> um so I was so excited to see how they got on. Obviously I know that we're gonna we're gonna talk about the game, but the overall sense was um, leading into the game, just a real sort of happiness for the, for them with a the send-off game at Tala. Obviously, that game against Zambia last, last week, I have family that went to the game. Um, so I was really, really excited in the lead-up for them to get you know a really nice send-off heading off to the World Cup. Some, some definite positives to take, I guess, from the match last night, Aoife. Like, clearly, the quality of opposition in France, that's about as good as you can expect to play against. Um Australia and Canada will certainly be of a, of, a, of a level, but maybe just below where France are at in the last few years. So I guess getting opposition uh, opposition of that quality is something Vera Pau has has really hammered home in the last few years. That's that's an important thing for this this group of players. Yeah, I mean, mate, no joke. France are one of the best teams in the world. I think they're ranked fifth, and really they're a bit of an unknown quantity. Um, they have some quality, quality players. Obviously, they've just had a manager, so things have changed with their tactics, with their players. Um, so it would have been hard to really predict what they were going to be like in the game. And crucially, they changed their formation at half time as well, which I thought really disrupted the flow of the game. Um, I've got one old United teammate. She, she was a centre half in the first half, and then it was, she was like left wing in the second half. And so that sort of speaks to, you know, credit to them, their flexibility and how they adapted in the game. And I hope that it doesn't get lost in the scoreline that actually France are a really, really top, top team and will definitely be pushing out the World Cup to do, to do big things. I was uh, listening to, I think it was Karen Duggan on telly after the match last night, and she was saying uh, Denise O'Sullivan's late yellow card was, I think, Ireland's only yellow card in the match. And she was making the point she'd like to see a little bit more physicality, aggression. Now, she's not obviously looking for more players to get booked, but maybe a little bit more aggression and, and maybe playing, playing on the edge. Would you like to see a little bit more of that from the Irish team, that maybe head into a World Cup? That could be a positive thing. I think something that you know you could never accuse uh, the girls of doing is not not putting in enough enough effort or um, aggressiveness. So you know me as a defender, that's kind of my bread and butter, and that's all of the girls' bread and butters that are defenders. So you know maybe there are instances I didn't see it myself. I, you know I think physicality is something that they will always bring in spades. And also what you've got to remember as well is the formation that they were set out in. Um, our team, Ireland, it's a, it's, a, it's a five at the back. So it's not necessarily something where there's going to be real clear 1v1 moments all over the pitch. So a lot more about tactics, containing the opposition and then getting really good opportunities, potentially on the build-up, but a lot on the break as well. So for me, knowing those girls, I, I know that that physicality it can never be questioned and it's always at the fore. But we can always have these questions, can't we? Yeah, if you definitely playing that style of play, you have to be patient. And we were just speaking about the positives there within the Irish performance, mainly maybe the first 30, 40 minutes. For you, what did you make of maybe the link-up play up front with Kira Caruso, Sinead Farley, Marissa Shiva in particular? 
I thought in the first 40 minutes we did really, really well. Uh, Kira Caruso has sort of came out of nowhere really in the last few games to develop herself as that sort of lone point target number nine. And I'm absolutely delighted for her. She's a lovely girl. Um, and certainly, in you know, in those first that first portion of the game, she did really well. She's a really good hold-up player. And I think the system that we play in, um, it really suits, uh, you know, having a strong, confident target person. And there was one moment where she kind of, I was watching it and she got the ball and then she kind of croifed it behind Wendy Renard. We're talking about the most prolific central defender in the whole world, really, <laughs> Wendy Renard. So, you know, kudos to her. And I hope that she can continue with that confidence. Obviously, my other mates, Amber Barrett and other people like that who who are only going to come into the fore and add on top of that. But really last night, I think, showed a real taste of what, what Kira's going to try and bring at the World Cup. We talked about where it went wrong and we wondered maybe was it Katie McCabe going off? What is it like to be in and around Katie McCabe? Like, is it her presence? Obviously, we see it with it, her football, but she wasn't overly having a massive effect football-wise last night. But is it her presence as well that she, she really brings to the team? You know, there's lots of there's lots of leaders on, on the pitch in terms of players who are captains for their for their club, which is unusual, actually. So just off the top of my mind, you've got sort of Denise Sullivan at North Carolina, obviously Kate McCabe. Um, I'm sure Louise um, Louise is in the mix there as well. But really, obviously, Katie is our captain. So it's not just sometimes what someone does, either talking-wise or on the pitch. It's sometimes it's just that presence. Mm. It's knowing that you're lining out against someone who really does not, they, they have no fear and she does not care who she's playing against, what team it is. And that can kind of give you that confidence. Um, and look, sometimes moments just happen like that. You know, I think the moment when France started to be able to bring in some of their wingers into play a bit better and they sussed that that was the way that they were going to have to go rather than trying to play in between our midfield and our defence, which we're always very good at keeping those gaps really small. I think when they sussed that out and they thought, right, we're going to go going to go around Ireland, I, I think that's when the momentum started to change. So obviously that coincided shortly with, with Katie McCabe coming off and you know as a player it's never nice to see a, you know a, a fellow teammate going off the pitch injured as well I'm not saying that would have affected I don't necessarily think it would have but it's definitely a, a mute moment when, when, when that happens so maybe a bit of everything I'm sure there's a lot of mental fatigue as well with, with the team if naturally given the you know the, the tail end of the season and then of course the the squad selection the, the pressure and all of that in the last number of weeks so clearly there's been a lot of I guess stress laid onto these players so you know when you see some of the little things that led to goals last night that, that are maybe concerns at least I guess they're happening now and not in two weeks time well it's definitely the case that you know what's happening now is a dry run for the, for the World Cup so you take it you take you know you take the little bits and bobs now rather than two weeks time in terms of maybe being tired or fatigue um, actually the schedule that, that they've been having is I think has been really good it's been giving them a few days off in the week to return to their families in Ireland and you know just have a little bit of downtime and then be able to keep that intensity that said you, you know as a player they'd know that they were in the run into the World Cup so you're always going to have that anticipation um, and also you're playing in front of a, a record teller crowd for for the Irish women, you know, Ireland women's game. So there will be that as well. Potentially, it's good to get that extra atmosphere. Um, certainly, my first cap for Ireland over in 
Spain a few months ago, that there wouldn't have been any atmosphere at all. So it's really good that those girls are going to get that in space because obviously that first opener against Australia, I think it's in a sellout crowd of something like eighty thousand. So I, I think I think it's all it's all good things and it's all it's all hopefully going to be built on and taken forward. Presume you're you're heading over to Australia yourself in a in a viewing capacity. Like it, it, it's. <laughs> I guess, how do you feel about the whole thing now? Because I know you are so, so close and so unlucky with injuries. And timing is everything, I guess, when it comes to, to squad, squad selection. But how's, your, how's your, your head feeling now and how are you thinking about it all at this stage? Well, firstly, thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Look, there's a few of us that, that, that just missed out for, for various reasons. And I was gutted. I was gutted at the time. Um, and I think the squad announcement was some, something around Tuesday last week. And I ended up, I, I just got um, a knee brace off that I'd had on for a few weeks. And then I stayed over in Ireland for the week. I didn't get in touch with our physio back at United. Stayed over, just stayed with my family. And they kind of you know, got around me and, you know, we did things. I went to the went to the Mayo Dublin um, quarterfinal in Crow Park. Won't say anything about the result. <laughs> um, so I did a few things just to put my feet back on the ground um, you know, take a little dose of reality. And then by the time I came back to England this week, back to United, I've been more of the verb to like approach it in the right way. And I'd said at the time, um, I said at the time, look, I'm going to go to Australia. And I, ha- I didn't realise I hadn't really properly got that um, okayed from, from from the physios and, and from the manager at United. So I'm pleased to say that they're, that they're supporting that. I'd sort of, <laughs> put the, what what is it, put, put the cart before the horse. So I'd sort of said that and I hadn't actually checked, but they were delighted for me. So um, I've booked my flights. Um, I'll be eating rice and beans when I'm over there. No, I've booked my flights <laughs> and I'm absolutely buzzing to, to sort of go. And I think I'm doing the second best thing. So the first best thing is going over and playing. And then the second best thing is sort of being in the mix as much of a, as much as I can. Told the girls that I'm going. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to it. That's a brilliant mindset to have, Eva. Is that something that you've always had? Like, I read your tweet not long after it was announced and you're congratulating the girls and saying how proud they should be. Like, that's an incredible way to be able to to look at things. Is that something you've always had? Oh, thank you. I I don't know if it's necessarily something that I've I've been aiming for. And, you know, there's probably moments that you'd catch me where maybe I wouldn't be able to hit that note quite as good. But on the whole, I'm I'm trying to take that mindset. And, And also a big thing is knowing those girls, knowing their characters, their personalities, um, knowing their families, knowing if they're anything like my family, that would be one of the, the, the biggest the biggest achievements in your whole life. So I'm just so pleased for them to obviously get that opportunity as I would have wanted to have. Um, and so I'm delighted for them and especially for players like Denise O'Sullivan, who has just done, you know, 100 caps on her, on her last camp. And so there's players that have seen that from from day one to where it is now and it's so it's so important for them to get that you know almost like the fruits of or the rewards of everything they've put in so there's that history that comes with it as well that it'll be really really nice to sit and watch that and obviously I've only been sort of lucky enough to kind of come into it really late and hopefully my journey will go on well past the world cup um, but there's a lot of those girls who for this has been a long time coming. So that's going to be really nice to sort of see and witness. That's the attitude as well, isn't it, Aoife? Like when you think back to your to your uh, opening cap, as you say, against China in February, um, like I know it's hard to think beyond the World Cup at this 
current juncture but all of a sudden in, in you know a month two months time this will all be over and mm-hmm. I guess that the, the the future squads will be the question and clearly you have the, the ability and the mindset to be very much a part of the Irish setup for for years to come you're only 27 as well so I guess you have you've plenty of time left at the international stage you would imagine and hope yeah I mean I hope so um, I think this, the one thing about football is with any, with any moment or experience or tournament there's always there's always one more. There's always the next thing. So obviously last week when I, I've been pushing to try and um, get into the squad, then the next thing is obviously to come back into club, and then you're pushing for Champions League or you're pushing for the for the new season, and then the, there's obviously things on the international circuit as well. But right now, obviously, I've still got my World Cup hat on, um, but there is always there is always those things that. Are sort of pushing you along and remind you that there's just no time to wallow and and also why would I want to miss out on the opportunity to to celebrate to celebrate the girls over in Australia so there's that as well um, and and if you knew all the girls you, you'd be saying the exact same thing and so that's probably how I look at it. You'd posted um, on Instagram. I know you'd suffered that that knee injury towards the tail end, tail end of the season with with United and and. and- as, as I said, the timing of that is, is terrible. Um, but you posted an Instagram story, I think, from Carrington, the United Training Ground, with your with your cast off for the first time in a while, and then you'd see the Aer Lingus playing, uh, heading over to Dublin, of course, for the, <laughs> the squad selection. But do do you have to then? Was it, I guess, up to you to make a pitch to say, you know, I'm, I feel ready, I feel okay, or how does that conversation happen? Because clearly, and you, you could see it from Vera Powell in the days leading up to the squad announcement, she was dreading having those conversations with players. Yeah, I would not. I, I definitely wouldn't be um, jealous of those sorts of decisions that managers have to make. As a player, we only have to look after ourselves and, like you're saying, making a pitch for yourself. And so, see, I did get over on the plane and we had a really good conversation, a really long conversation. And I put myself across the, the best that I could. And she has to weigh up so many things, not not just one particular player. She has to weigh up how it's all going to come together. Um, and, and ultimately... By by the time you know when we left that conversation, we were able to we were able to have a hug. You know, I was able to 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 wish the team good luck, and so I was so pleased that that I got over, um, even just to see everyone. And then obviously the the following day to that was when was in, the squad was announced, and I I saw the girls before the squad had been in that, before that it had been announced internally before they knew. Um, and you know, it's just that anticipation for everyone hoping that that, that they're gonna be able to get going. And so it was nice to sort of just you know wish people good luck on an individual level. Um, but yeah, I, I did go over. Like looking back now, it felt very foreboding me putting a picture <laughs> of Airlink on on my Instagram. Um, it was one of those regional regional uh, airlines as well. That, <laughs> yeah. that's a bit kind of you know to each side and a bit sides side to side. So. Um, but no, look, it, it was um, it was all. I think it was all sort of in the cut and thrust of football, and you know it was all done done in done in the right way. And I have I don't take any particular um, negative feeling off the back of that. If anything, I've sort of feel resolved with the situation, um, put my case across, and, and then that was that. Yeah, I spoke to some of the players. We did a send off party, and then the next day as well, which would have been two days after the squad was announced, and it was very bittersweet for them. Yes, they were going to a World Cup; they were so excited, and they knew it was a phenomenal opportunity. But you couldn't but get the sense that they just, you know, felt bad for the players that that didn't get going. Um, 
what was it like afterwards when, when you heard the news? Did you get to spend time with them? Were you able to chat to them? That sort of thing? So I, I wasn't with them anymore after they had found out. I'd, I'd sort of left um, a bit before that. My aunt my aunt had kindly picked me up from UCD um, in Dublin and we'd went out for some lunch to sort of lick the wounds a little bit. Um, but, but no, you're right. I, I, was, I was surprised actually how many of the girls had referenced people missing out in their posts because I think if you looked at every national team and sort of took, you know, looked at what people would say about how delighted they were. I think you'd see very, very few players that would even, you know, not that you would anyway, but that would even think to potentially mention that it might be bittersweet. And obviously there are some, some, some girls on the team that, you know, it, it was, would have been really, really gutting for them. You know, Jamie Finn, for example, um, and obviously one of my counterparts over playing over here, um, in England as well, Meg Campbell, you know, through injury. So, so bits like that. So it was, yeah, I, I thought like, wow, that's a testament to, to their character as well, that that would even be on their, in, on their mind on potentially the best, not the best day of their life, but the best day of their life that, that the players would even have it within themselves to, to sort of make note of that. And I think that's all the more reason why whatever happens on the pitch in Australia, everybody should be really behind this group of players as a set of people as well. Do you manage, Aoife, to, uh, in the days afterwards, I guess, lean on, I, I guess in, in professional sport, you have the opportunity to chat to sports psychologists and therapists about how you're feeling about all these things. And, and I guess also leaning on the other players that you mentioned there, the likes of Megan Campbell and Leanne Kiernan and, and Jamie Finn, all talented players who were within such a, a, a narrow margin of making this squad, same as yourself. So have you managed to, to talk to, to others, including those girls maybe, about, about how the, the feelings have materialised? Yeah, definitely. I've, I've I've chatted to um I've chatted to a lot of the players um and I've chatted to a couple who weren't weren't able to make the squad in the end. I was chatting to Megan yesterday, for example, and I said to her, um, you know, are you able to watch? Are you able to watch the game? Because not always would people be able to watch the game so so soon. Mm. And she was like, Yeah, of course I'm watching it. I have to watch it. So obviously there's people are personally disappointed, but also have it, have it within us to be like, no, we have to watch it. We're delighted for them um, and, and, and bits like that. And, you know, mentioned sort of sports psychologists and getting yourself right with your mindset and that sort of stuff. That, that's obviously massive as well. Um, and the people that I've been around have, have said, you know, that you know, you've had something that you wanted and it didn't happen. And it's sort of what now? How, how can we make the best of this situation? And it's just a nice place to, to live in when, when you have that mentality. And just looking club-wise then as well, Aoife, you know, a brilliant year for Manchester United and you've Champions League football as well to look forward to. Yeah, we've got we, we've got some Champions League football, which is so, so exciting because it's obviously it's our first time doing that. And we've got into a round of the qualifying for it. So we're not quite in the group stage yet. Um, and we're lucky because we came second rather than third, we get to miss out one of the qualifiers. And we're lucky because it means we get more holiday. We get an extra week. <laughs> the first qualifier would have been a bit earlier. So that's all helped me go to Australia as well, even if it is as a capacity as a fan rather than a footballer. Um, so, yeah, there's lots and lots of exciting things in, in terms of club as well that I'm really excited to. And then hopefully on the 23rd of September, massive, massive match up at the at the Aviva for Ireland and I really hope that I can be involved in that 
Absolutely, touch wood. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Alessia Russo's departure? I know a lot of United fans and players will be disappointed. Like, but I guess that's football. These things, these things happen. Transfers, players come and go. Um, so obviously disappointing for the club, I'd imagine. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's disappointing for the club. It's disappointing for everyone. It's disappointing for me, um, and it's disappointing because one, she's a you know becoming a world class player, and two, just being around her. Um, you know, she she's just so she's just so good to everyone. She's so nice. Um, with our, when I did my knee at United, she wrote me out a little card. She sent me a little anchor bracelet. She's one of those people that just she thinks she thinks about what's going under the lid with with different people and different you know like di- different ones of us. So I'm really really going to miss um, Alessia actually. And, and also we've got we, well we had we've, I wish we still had a um, on a on a badger one one of the Spanish right back so we're going to miss her as well but definitely Alessia and you know she's only going to fly now she's only going to thrive and unfortunately it's not going to be at our club our club but as, as a friend I'm, I'm going to watch on and, and be excited for her and just in terms of your own contract Deepa I know you signed a two-year contract back in July 2021 so does this mean that you're able to give us a little bit of an update that you're going to be staying on I'd love to give a big expose out here. <laughs> so I think I think if I get I think if I t- told you everything, I'd, I'd probably turn over my phone there next to my laptop, and I'd be seeing all sorts of calls. But um, you know, it's really exciting. This, this next couple of year, years are really really um, exciting, and hopefully, you know, we're all going to find out in in due course. I'm sorry to be so so vague. I, I wish I could. <laughs> So no, we yeah, tried our best. <laughs> tell you exactly what's happened, but it's it's only good things, and it's only only things that um, hopefully people will be happy with. Brilliant. I'm sure you weren't being vague as to who you were supporting in Croke Park last weekend, Aoife. I know you're you're. I think your dad's from Galway and your mother's from from outside Kilmain and Mayo. So uh, that's a bit of a controversial one having a parent from each. But uh, last weekend in particular, I know you would have played a lot of Gaelic football growing up with Warwickshire and that. So I mean, how are the the emotions? coping in Crow Park last weekend I'm sure it was disappointing oh it was it was a sickening day out it was it was not what we wanted at all that first half there was only a point in it at half time and I thought well actually I had a flight to catch so I was hoping that it wouldn't go to extra time because I was going to have to make a call whether to miss the flight um, or, or, or obviously um, not miss the flight but miss half time that was where my mindset was that was where my mindset was at half time that it could go to extra time um, and obviously then it sort of, it ran away from us and, you know, it was really, you know, really, really not not a good watch in the end. So that's such a shame. I had so many family down there. So we were sort of wallowing together, if you like, but I've already started the calls for um, Mayor for Sam 2024. I don't know if it's too soon yet, but <laughs> it's, never too soon. Us, it? it's the anticipation that kills you. So, um, yeah, it was, it was not the best day out. Um, but I, I really don't think that there's anything that will match a packed out Crow Park. Um, mm. I love Wembley in England. Obviously, that's the biggest sort of football soccer stadium. But those feels of when you go in and it's you know it's it's packed out at, um, at Crow Park. There's just nothing that will beat that for me. Because I know that Gaelic Gaelic football is in the heritage of the, the Irish community in Birmingham. There would be so so popular. Even uh, I think Jack Grealish would have played Gaelic football growing up as well. You'd have known. Jack, a little bit from primary school, am I right in saying, Aoife? Yeah, we went to the same secondary school and then we sort of played for rival Gaelic football teams and we did actually go away with Warwickshire um, on the same team once or twice. Um, and we managed to play in like half-time at a Leinster final back 
I don't know, like 15, 15 <laughs> years ago. And the, the game on Sunday, actually, it had two teams, one from France and one from Germany that were playing at halftime, which I thought was really cool. And I thought they looked really good. I didn't know that they played um, Gaelic football in Germany. So that was that was quite that was quite good to watch, actually. And um, obviously there's an Irish contingent um, over there, clearly, um, or else they've just been watching YouTube videos. So, no, that was that was really good to watch. What was Jack Grealish like as a Gaelic footballer? Yeah, he. I mean, he he was great. He, he was class, much to my annoyance, because we would have been marking each other in, in the middle of the pitch. No um, always, <laughs> always very skillful, very technical. Um, you know, had, would have had that work rate and that ability to get around the pitch as well. So, no, he was you know obviously the shining star of his team. Um, you know, like I say, much to my annoyance. <laughs> and Mayo for Sam, maybe next year, Eva. And uh, I know your uncle Pat Kelly would have played for Mayo, I think, as well. I'm right in saying. Yeah, and he's actually listening. I know that he's listening on to this because I told him um, that I was going to be on. So, hi, Pat, if you're listening. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah Pat, my uncle Pat, he used to he used to play for Mayo, and that just that just made everything all the more special and exciting. And I never forget how I feel as a kid, obviously looking up to to people who are playing sports. So I try my best to do that for sort of the the young kids now, because um, you just yeah you you sort of forget how much of a how much of a special thing it is as a kid to have someone older sort of um, to, to look up to and to have a bit of a role model. So Pat has a, well, he has two kids now. One of them's called Ava and she's sort of like, uh, not a mini me, but she's, mm-hmm. you know, a little cousin. So I always make sure I try and, um, you know, give her a few United bits and stuff like that to, to, to make sure that hopefully she can feel as excited as I did when I was her age looking up to Pat. Absolutely. Shout out to Pat this morning Brilliant. watching in. Yeah. I think Pat won an All-Ireland club title with St Vincent as well. So man, steeped in GA tradition. Aoife, you've been really good with your, th- with your time this morning. Thanks a million. Hopefully we'll check, check back in with you again very soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.